Hello there, this is Catherine and you're listening to the One Calm Voice podcast. Hello there everybody, I hope that you are safe and well and I hope that likewise those whom you love are safe and well. I'm delighted that you came along again this week to have a little listen. What are we talking about today? We're talking about how to be One Calm Voice when things aren't going the way you had planned. There's an awful lot of that happening for us these days. And in truth, that happens for us all of the time. You know, COVID or no COVID, things don't always work out the way that we had planned. And sometimes what causes the greatest stress within us is that we have an idea in our head about how things should be. And when they don't work out that way, we take it personally, even when it's something that it's beyond our control. We take it personally in the Buddhist tradition, they have a tale, a tale of two arrows. And I suppose it's, you know, coming from the time when arrows were more commonly used than they are today. And the notion is, is that so say, for example, you are unfortunately hit by an arrow in, in today's terms or today's world, we could be talking about. So um, something doesn't go according to plan. A, a, a difficult life event. Maybe perhaps you had hoped for a job promotion. You didn't get it. OK, so you get hit by the arrow or maybe you have had some bad news, some, some kind of a, a difficult life event. Anyway, difficulty even maybe with a relationship or like that, some dream or aspiration or hope that you had had and it didn't come true. OK, it didn't come true. So that's the that's the pain of the first arrow. And then the Buddhists kind of come up with this notion and this tale that we have no control over that. That has happened to us. That is painful. It's a painful life event to get hit by the first arrow. Now, what if a second arrow came? And it often happens. It often happens that we kind of um, pile on the second arrow on top. And the second arrow is how we respond to that difficult and traumatic life event. Sometimes what we can do is we can, you know, you know, partake in maybe self-criticism or self-pity, you know, that and we pile that on top. So so we're hitting ourselves effectively with a second arrow, which didn't need to happen. We don't need to have that response. We don't need to criticize ourselves for maybe not getting the promotion that we had hoped. We don't need to, um, you know, take part in a self-pity because this always happens to me. Life is so unfair. Life is unfair, unfortunately, guys. And sometimes we don't get our wish because sometimes our wish might be what we wanted, but isn't necessarily what we need. Mm. So my concept, or it's not my concept, it's in Buddha's tale. It's as old maybe as time, but the, the concept of the two arrows. So if you could imagine that there was a bow with two arrows and one is released and it hits you, that is your difficult traumatic life event. And the second arrow doesn't have to be released from the bow, but sometimes we release it without thinking and we, you know, make that wound deeper and um, more painful because of what we think about being hit by the first arrow. Okay. Whereas if we can try instead to stay with just the difficulty of that first and the pain of that first arrow, 
I don't know if I'm coming up with this because I watched that movie Extraction last night. Has anybody else watched it? I only put it on because it was um, supposed to be like the most watched movie on Netflix at the moment. And oh, and of course that and our lovely Chris Helmsworth is in it. Hemsworth? Anyway, Thor. I just call him Thor. He was in it. And I thought, well, this is going to be good. But my God, talk about arrows and all. If you haven't seen it, guys, I'm not going to recommend it necessarily because to be truth be told, I didn't watch the last 40 minutes yet. But anyway, that's besides the point. I don't know if that's what has brought the thoughts of arrows and pain and wounds into my consciousness today. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But my, my, my point remains that... Um, Sometimes the biggest, most painful um, stressors in our lives are ones that we could eliminate slightly, okay, if we responded differently to when things don't necessarily go our own way. All right. Or, yeah, plans don't work out the way that we had hoped that they would work out. All right, so what what could we use maybe instead of self-criticism or self-pity? Mm, what could we use? Maybe what if we used self-compassion instead? You know that if you don't get that job, can you hear my children? If you don't get that job promotion or perhaps if you don't um, get to have your day out. Like there's loads of people here in Ireland and all over the world, I'm sure, that had hoped for their the wedding of their dreams or worse still maybe who who lost a loved one and couldn't go to mourn with the rest of their community like that's a big one like you know and and of all kinds of human experiences maybe and I don't know if it's particularly Irish custom I don't think it is but not being able to bid farewell to our loved ones is a really really awful traumatic experience okay but if you haven't had the wedding that you had hoped or the family gathering that you had hoped or if that holiday of a lifetime had to be cancelled they are all very traumatic events you know and we feel the pain of them we feel the pain of them but then we what if we looked at at our situation with self-compassion rather than oh why did that have to happen to me you know, and, and, and with that attitude of why did it have to happen to me or gosh, I should have been more switched on about that. I shouldn't have let that happen, you know, and and we are causing more pain and more stress and more anxiety within ourselves when we do that. So what would it look like if I showed self-compassion to myself in that case? OK, well, what would it look like? It might look like simply feeling the pain and the upset of missing your big day. Feeling the pain and upset and disappointment of not being able to go on holiday. And you might say to yourself sometimes, oh, well, look, it's not as if I'm, I missed getting to say goodbye to my loved ones. It's not like, you know, some, it's not like I've had a death in my family. And while that is true, that is true. We shouldn't at the same time believe that, because the pain wasn't the greatest pain that we could have ever felt in our in our lives, that we shouldn't still acknowledge the pain and the upset that we feel by not having our dream wedding day or our dream holiday. You know, st still allow yourself to feel that pain and that disappointment and that upset 
and don't feel guilty about being upset about not having that wedding day or that um, holiday that you had hoped. Let yourself feel that. Um, treat yourself perhaps as you would a good friend. That's always a really good guideline I use for myself when I'm thinking about and considering self-compassion. I try to think of myself as I would a good friend. If that same event had happened to my best friend or somebody whom I love, would I treat them in the same way that I treat myself sometimes? And if your answer is no, then why wouldn't you treat yourself in the same way that you would your best friend or somebody whom you loved? So I think that switching that perspective of self um, self-criticism and self-pity maybe into a self, a, an attitude of self-compassion will be much more nourishing for ourselves when we find ourselves disappointed or frustrated or angry or downright heartbroken that a plan hasn't gone the way we had hoped it would go. A practical way that I use when I encounter a sudden change of plan. When I encounter, you know, the way sometimes it almost feels like the rug is being pulled out from under your feet. When somebody else decides that oh, actually, do you know what? I know you had planned that, but that's not what's going to happen for you. What I do is this. I practice and I, I always practice this. I practice this even before I'm in a situation which changes very rapidly. Okay, so then you're kind of you're building up that reservoir of calm, you know, that reservoir of and that and that foundation of steadiness. You're building it up in not not um, not in preparation for something bad that's going to happen for you. Not that at all. You, you build it up because it's steadying and it's pleasant when you feel steady. You know, you can it's pleasant to feel steady in steady times, you know, but it, it's it's like having insurance. You know, the insurance is there and you don't need it until something happens. OK, you pay for it maybe year on year and year and year for your insurance and you never need it. But you see, when you do need it, it's so important and crucial that it's there, that you have it. So that's the way I kind of look at um, my my superpower of steadiness. And I so this is what I do. I find my breath. Surprise, surprise, guys. There's a mention about the breath again today. So I find my breath. And when I breathe in, just notice the way tummy rises, chest rises, collarbones lift. And then when I breathe out, I notice collarbones falling, chest falling, tummy falling. Okay. Now, I don't know if you can hear the external sounds around me today, but we're making hay here. So that there's a lot of tractor noise outside. Anyway, anyway, uh, that's just the sound of that with love from Ireland. OK, but anyway, so what I do then is th- and so I just watch my breath and, and I'm really uh, I, I find great security and safeness in the fact that that will always follow the same pattern. My breath will always follow the same pattern. When I breathe in, my tummy will always rise first and then my chest will lift and then those collarbones will rise and that will always happen. That will never change. And then when I breathe out, it will always follow the same pattern. My collarbones will drop, my chest will fall, and then my tummy will fall. And that will always be the case. It will never be any different. Every time we breathe in, 
we breathe in in that pattern tummy rising chest rising collarbones lifting and when we breathe out collarbones fall chest falls tummy falls okay that will always be true that will always be real and it will always only ever be happening in this moment so then what I do is when I need to um I suppose work on that skill of resilience what I do is when I breathe in I say to myself breathing in I'm at ease breathing out I let go breathing in I'm at ease Breathing out, I let go. Breathing in, I'm at ease. Breathing out, I let go. Breathing in. I'm at ease. Breathing out. I let go. And you know, you can practice that at any time, in any place. You don't have to be sitting. You could practice that, and um, you know, when you're walking. You could practice that when you're exercising. You can practice that when you're sitting in your car. You can practice that when you're standing at in a queue. There's so many. There, there's no place or space that you couldn't practice that. And, you know, if you don't like those words, you could choose your own words, ones that resonate more deeply with you. But I love that breathing in. And I, I, what I'm doing is I'm reminding myself that as I breathe in, I am at ease. No matter what happens. And then when I breathe out, I can let go I let go and sometimes you know if there's something in particular that you need to let go if you need to let go of a vision of your future that may not now be going to happen okay a dream or a wish that you had hoped would come true for you that hasn't come true now I suppose I'm getting into a bigger conversation when we talk about stuff like that, like a dream or a wish for your future that hasn't come true, because I'm always a full believer in the power of yet, you know, but say, for example, if it was a relationship that you had hoped would end in a different way, you know, that might have ended with marriage, but now the other person has decided to end the relationship. Okay, so that was a dream that you had that there's no yet involved in that. That's a dream that you had had that has ceased. And there can be great hurt and disappointment and brokenheartedness about that. But to work on that concept and that feeling of ease and our ability to let go. And we work on that in times when we aren't feeling overwhelmed. We work at building that sense of resilience and that sense of ease and that sense of stillness and calmness and steadiness when we're in a situation which is conducive to that okay because there's no it's not that there's no point in trying to do it when we're 
under pressure or feeling overwhelmed or in the middle of a situation, it's just going to be harder for us. Whereas when we build up that skill and we build up that reservoir, when we really need it, then it's going to be there for us. It's going to be at our disposal without us even really needing to actively call it or seek it. It's, it's amazing the work. It's amazing what working on our skill of resilience can do and our skill of steadiness can do if we work on it. And then when you need it, it feels like it's almost magically there that you have this response rather than a reaction. When somebody pulls the rug from under your feet, we don't fall. We might wobble. But you have that strong sense of steadiness within you. And it stems from the practice. And for me, that practice is key. I absolutely love it. Breathing in and I'm at ease. Breathing out and I let go. And it's so simple, but it is so powerful. So, my darling friends, that might be it for today. What we have covered today is maybe how to work on our response when things don't go as we had hoped. Okay, when we find ourselves in the middle of a traumatic life experience, be that massively traumatic or, you know, just even minorly traumatic and how we respond to that, you know, and that tale of the two arrows. I mentioned a little bit about my Netflix uh, tendencies <laughs> um, and then how to get that lovely sense of ease and building up that that uh, skill of resilience and my superpower of steadiness. I just believe that steadiness is a superpower. The quicker the um, quicker that we can, I suppose, begin to practice that for ourselves and pass that on to the people whom we love and the people whom we surround ourselves with, the better our world is going to be, the better our world is going to feel. Okay, so we'll try and focus then as best we can on feeling and encouraging that sense of ease into ourselves and then our and, and nourishing our own ability to let go. Okay, to let go of to let go of our own vision of how things should be. And I suppose maybe what I didn't say in, in that little chat so far is that we very quickly can move from our own idea of how things should be to our own idea of how people should be, you know, and we kind of sometimes now, sometimes people have a tendency to expect you to be a certain way. And w you may also have the um tendency to expect somebody whom you love to be a certain way and when we do that we diminish not only ourselves but obviously we diminish the other person as well because people should be who they are and people should allow other people to be exactly who they are and I think if we could build a community and build a world where you can be you and I can be me. This would be a beautiful world, a beautiful world. And to be fair, it is a beautiful world. Maybe what's wrong sometimes with the world isn't the world itself. It's the people in the world, you know. 
but that's a saying that I use often in my yoga classes that this space I create try to create a space where you can be you and I can be me Mm, wouldn't that be a lovely world but you might start by letting yourself be just as you are. So remember that that's something else that we covered today, that we cover how we respond to th- that first arrow. Do we respond to it with self-criticism, self-pity, or could we work on responding to that traumatic life event with self-compassion instead? And to learn how to treat ourselves as we would a good friend And then you might notice maybe perhaps that life begins to feel a little bit more beautiful and bright. Okay, so maybe we'll leave it here then, shall we? All right, so my darling friends, thank you ever so much for your hearts and your minds and for those lovely ears. We just keep going. Iris, sure, just for another little while. I am Catherine. And you have been listening to The One Calm Voice Podcast.